Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another episode of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. And below us, we have someone who seems very extremely salty that my best friend's power rankings have not changed in over a year plus. He is your boy, AJ Johnson. It is a beautiful (laughs) August 12th morning here in the city. Episode 66 is about to kick off. We have two more teams that we are going to be previewing this morning. We got the Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders, two division rivals that we're going to be diving into and previewing. We had some preseason football last night. We've got some preseason football tonight. We've got football on football on football on football. It is a great time indeed. Aaron, how goes it this morning? Feel good. Feel good. Some great preseason action. You know, a lot of scrubs getting some time. Love that. Love seeing the scrubs get an opportunity. Uh, a lot of guys that won't be in the NFL next week. Belichick's probably already cut six guys as we as we speak, seeing that they lost. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's good. I'm excited. I'm ready to. I'm ready to talk some uh, some AFC West. A couple of good teams that we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to bring the hammer on AJ once again. Oh my. Oh my. Oh. I don't know what this hammer you speak of is, but I'm glad you glad you're comfortable with it. It's pretty I'm happy. If you're happy, I'm happy, man. You know, that's... you know what makes me happy? Preseason football. We've had two games now uh, in the books. We're starting off with the New York Giants defeating the New England Patriots by a score of 23-21 with a last second Graham Gano field goal. AJ. What were your takeaways from this game between the Giants and the Patriots? Oh, how far the red, white, and blue has fallen. This game was, uh, you know, I was excited to think, all right, we're really kicking off preseason football. And then I realized I was watching the Patriots and the Giants, and it was exactly as I expected it would be. It was kind of a stinker. Um, There were some good moments, you know, some uh, some nice attempts, and you have to remind yourself it's preseason week one. Uh, I like that the Patriots were taking shots. I went back-to-back plays right down the field, 20, 30 yards uh, going for it. Uh, then uh, that kid, Nixon, uh, he, he looked like he had some bright moments, made some really good plays on the ball, some great adjustments on the boundaries, uh, helped his QBs out a lot. That's something that they, they can value over there, but who knows how far that goes. But other than that, you know, uh, Patriots uh, have a lot of work to do, as do the Giants. So, it's week one for the preseason. They'll take you back uh, to the training camp and address some things and step back out next week and see if they can look like an actual NFL team. Giants fans, how much do you hate Kenny Galladay? Like, how, how much at this point? He had a bad drop in this game on third down, very bad drop. And there were multiple times that, at least on the, so on the Twitter sphere, that I saw people posting videos of Kenny Galladay just getting jammed and just not looking like the number one wide receiver of this team, not looking like the receiver that they went out and spent big money on. Aaron, did you see these signs? Did you? Um, I, I don't want to continue to say this, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't need to see Kenny Galladay in preseason. Because if he would have went out there and had seven catches, 154 yards and two touchdowns, we all would have said, 
oh, well, where was this Kenny Galladay last year? And is he going to be able to do it in the regular season? Like, we don't care. We've seen Kenny Galladay be productive with the Detroit Lions in the regular well, season. So well, I, I don't three years ago. Care. Well, let me let me see if I can let me see if I can find something as the as the host, the producer of the show. Let me see if I can find something that you do care about. <laughs> Bailey Zappi. Yes, there we go, baby. For the Patriots game, what did I'm you see from it. him? Is the is the is the your predictions gonna is it starting to shape up? Is it all coming into it? To words are hard. Is it happening? <laughs> Bailey Zappi. Rough start. Rough start for Bailey Zappi early in the game. Had trouble connecting with receivers. Um, not unexpected. Like, you know, you expect that from young quarterbacks. Uh, but I did like the way he progressed through the game. And I like that they gave him a lot of opportunities. This wasn't a, oh, hey, you're going to play a quarter. You're going to throw the ball six, seven times. Like, they're not, no, Hoyer is the veteran. He doesn't need to do that. Zappi, you're a rookie. We're going to have you go out there and play basically a full game. And, and he almost did that. He threw for 200 yards. Um, again, completed you know, just over 50% of his passes, um, close to 60% could be better, but I expect that from a rookie. Uh, there was a tip ball interception, uh, but he also threw a touchdown, uh, back shoulder touchdown, under threw it, but that's the place you want to put it in that situation. I liked what I saw, by no means what is like, oh my God, watch out Mac Jones. Like, no, I, <laughs> I said that as a kind of as a precursor to what I think Bailey Zappi can be, but we did not see that come to fruition after one preseason game but i was encouraged that bill belichick in my opinion is saying this guy's gonna get a lot of run in the preseason he's gonna play a lot and that made me excited um and then also the connections you know with the patriots not really having a lot of weapons um bringing in guys like a christian wilkerson who's looked pretty good uh little jordan humphrey caught the touchdown some of those guys and then we obviously know the taekwon thornton um, who was a, a pretty high draft pick for them. So excited to see some of those young receivers get an opportunity to connect with the Bailey Zappi and show what they could do on the football field. Yeah, you, you brought up Tyquan Thornton, and he scored a touchdown in this game, but it didn't come without controversy because before that, you see right here Giants cornerback Aaron Robinson getting called for taunting. And then the very next play, Tyquan Thornton, really Brian Horror makes a great play here, finds Tyquan Thornton in the end zone, but – this play, this touchdown does not happen without that taunting penalty from Aaron Robinson of the Giants. The fans, people of the NFL, the, the people are upset about this call. Aaron, you, Aaron, you were you just shat on I'm upset. the show. We're gonna I'm pull upset. the curtain back. We're gonna I'm pull upset. the curtain back. Why were I'm you upset? Because it's not for the right reasons. I'm upset because we have to talk about this stupid shit. This is no different than any taunting call that they called last year. The guy stood over the guy, did this, and looked down at the receiver. Get over it. The NFL is calling it. It's not changing. But let's be honest. This is also preseason. Every preseason, every call is going to be heightened. If you touch the guy, they're going to throw the flag. Because what they try to do is they try to use preseason to deter you from doing those things in the regular season. The regular season tends to get down on those penalties a little bit more. And then in the playoffs, they go down even a little bit more. So this didn't mean anything to me. I, again, I don't know why I've even had to just waste 32 seconds of my breath talking about this dumbass penalty. My apologies. My apologies. Let's go into the other game then and see if we can save your breath and get your get your breath to have some valuable takes with it. The Baltimore Ravens took on the Tennessee Titans and they defeated them 23-10. to 10. We saw a lot, a lot of Tyler Huntley. And we also saw 
a lot of Malik Willis who had this play here for a rushing touchdown where he spins off Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton, who also had a very good game. Uh, it, this Malik Willis play, he looked good, guys, in this game. AJ, what were your takeaways from the rookie quarterback in this matchup? Uh, they made the right choice, even if they're not going to start him this season. Um, it's a it's a good guy to have in your QB room, learning the NFL, taking that that red shirt approach, and uh, being ready for next season. Now that can sound like a lot. We're talking about one game. I do understand that, and it's the first preseason game. But to go out there and let's let's remember, this was a guy that everyone wanted to tote as a first round pick, yeah. and he fell all the way to the third round. There were so many doubts. Everyone talking about he wasn't going to be what they thought and for all intents and purposes for one preseason game, he showed that maybe he was a little bit better than the third round pick he made. So um, I, I, I thought, think he played quite well. I thought we saw everything that we already know about Malik Willis in this game, that the potential is there. No, 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 not like, not like in the telling, like he, like we've yeah, seen it all, but like this game right here, he played well. We saw the talent on display in this game with his rushing ability, his ability to go and make plays when it comes to throwing. Like he had that one sidearm pass. It was, it was very, he had, he had a very good game. He looked confident. He looked, the, the potential was there. And we saw everything that we thought Malik Willis was coming into this game. We saw it all out on the field today. The biggest problem is he still has Ryan Tannehill ahead of him. And that's, that's what it's always, what's going to come down to. As of right now, he has Ryan Tannehill ahead of him until next season when they could cut him and whatever. And Malik well, Willis, no, I, mean, I, I don't think you're side. making that face for that. You, you just said the biggest problem, and I don't know that it's a problem. I, and I wouldn't, maybe it's not the right word, but um, to, to your point, I think you saw everything he's capable of. Um, you, you said he played really great and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, for the limited time, but he still has the same issues that I had concerns with him before. His footwork's not great. He made great throws, and he showed why his athletic ability is such a problem for most deep that's going to be a problem for a lot of defenses if he can fix some of those other little technical things that we didn't really get a whole lot of um, sample size tonight again some of the footwork issues um the the sidearm pass is great because it worked um but there are some things that he took a couple of sacks there were some things that again as the nitpicking kind of guy but for a rookie to come in first game play the way he did i think to your point he showed why there were talks of him being a first round talent. And maybe it's just about if can Tennessee hone in on those little things that those technical things that they need to shore up to make him an elite passer. Cause I think everything else is there. The physical abilities have never been a question mark uh, with Malik Willis. So I was impressed. I liked what he did. And I liked that he played very loose and free and just played football instead of being in his head, trying to be like, I have to read this defense. I have to do that. He just played with instincts. And I like that from a young quarterback this early on. Yeah, and on the other side, it was Tyler Huntley who really showed out for the for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, going 16 for 18. He had some big touchdown passes. I mean, he looked exactly like what we saw last season during the during the regular season when Lamar Jackson went out. He is arguably one of the best backups in the NFL and could be a starting quarterback in this league for some of these teams. I I, I think you like. I think Tyler Huntley could definitely battle a, a Baker Mayfield, a Sam Donald for a starting job and arguably win that Shit. position. Vinny Milani could battle a Baker Mayfield or a Stan Darnold. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I, I, I look at you. Little little five six Vinny Milani wouldn't make it over the offensive line. But, also um, true. Make run through. You get scat backing out there, and you won't even see him run through those lines. That's a that's a fast. Oh, could you? 
Nope, you nope, froze. Not yep. at all. <laughs> now you're good. Now you're good. Did you hear anything or no? Nope. Nope. nope not not a little, not so I said you buried the lead because <laughs> the only thing we should have been discussing in this game is how the Baltimore Ravens have now won 21 straight preseason games. Do you understand how ridiculous that sounds <laughs> that a team that is not really trying to win in preseason and you know, the guys on the field are, but they're not putting their starters out there every week has won 21 straight it, preseason game. It's absolutely insane. And I, I don't even have an explanation for it. It's just, crazy. I do. I have an explanation for it. Coaching. It's co- it comes down to coaching and, and, yeah, uh, and yeah. I get it. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, hear me out here. Hold on. Hear know. me out here. Yeah. Uh, when we previewed the giants Patriots game the other day, what was the one thing you said and we're your reasoning behind the Patriots winning? Yeah, great, great coaching allows those backups to step up. And but, that's Vinny, what, but 21 straight, the best that, coaches that's in the world have never done that. Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry, <laughs> uh, not Andy Reid, Bill Belichick. Not Jim Harbaugh. Well, no, not <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. You're right. Not Jim oh, yeah. Harbaugh. John, John Harbaugh, maybe. John Harbaugh. They're not Jim Harbaugh and they're it's not just, John Harbaugh. The 21 straight games at go. any level, in any setting, in the NFL, is it's it's bizarre. Shout out to the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm rooting for them to make it 22 and 23, and then call it a, oh, another year and continue yeah, this right. year because I think it's great. Yeah, and brace my heart. They can't get. I'm playing Lamar Jackson year. next week. Playing Lamar. Lamar, get in there. We need a win. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about run the last? Just run run the last little series. Get in there. And get that W. <laughs> We've got we've got five preseason games tonight, but if you want to see us predict those, head on over to our YouTube page and click on the clips that you will see below or wherever on YouTube of our preseason <laughs> predictions for these games. We got Jaguars, Browns, AJ's Atlanta Falcons are back in action. Uh, so we're gonna be predicting those, previewing those. Check them out on our YouTube page. Let's get into some morning headlines, gentlemen. The New York Jets obviously lost Makai Becton for the season. They went out and signed left tackle Dwayne Brown to a two-year deal. The former pro bowler from the Seattle Seahawks comes in, brings a huge, it fills a huge need for this New York Jets offensive line. Sign him to a two-year deal, though. What do, AJ, do you see anything with the two year like the two-year deal instead of maybe like a one-year deal? Maybe they're a little bit more concerned about the health, the overall health of this offensive line. That was one thought, uh, the health of what Makai Becton is with. I mean, you're talking about the same knee. This time it's a chip fracture, so there's another big issue. Uh, you know, I, the term degenerative knees have not been said yet, but and it could be early for that. But the part of that, you get that over the health. And then Dwayne Brown is a veteran's veteran in this league. I mean, 14 years, five, all, uh, five Pro Bowls, three All-Pro teams. Uh, he's the type of guy that if one is going to need to mesh with the offensive line, it could happen pretty quickly. Two, let's not forget George Fant uh, has locked up that left tackle spot for the most part. Uh, so if he needs to go and learn to play right tackle, or excuse me, if it's the other way around, um, he can do that. And then two, if it comes to it next season, you've got a guy who's been there before, who understands what they're trying to do, and a guy who can get these rookies who they weren't confident in enough to just have them play this spot. Uh, he can kind of bring them along. So when it is their time in two, maybe three years, they're they're ready to go and ready to fill this role. So, I mean, they had conversations with Dwayne Brown before Makai Becton uh, got injured. So they were already interested in him. Him going down just made it more of a need and a sense of urgency kind of crept up on them that they had to go and get that deal done. So smart move. 
uh, he can come in and help immediately. And uh, you just hope the rest of this line can stay safe because, again, this offense has a lot of potential. But if they can't get the ball out because they're getting sacked all day, well, who cares how much potential there can be? Yeah. Yeah. Other news, James White announced his retirement from the NFL, the former New England Patriots running back, hanging it up. Uh, he will be he will be missed, I feel like, in the NFL with how, how well he was, at least in the passing game. Uh, he actually holds – White holds three Super Bowl records, all from the team's Super Bowl uh, win over the Atlanta Falcons. He's got the most receptions, most points scored, and the most touchdowns in that game. Aaron, your thoughts on James White retiring, hanging him up. Uh, congratulations to James White. He's also the only player in NFL history to end a Super Bowl on the last play to walk off on a Super Bowl walk-off touchdown. He's been a great player. He played with Tom Brady, which helped. Um, I, maybe I shouldn't say great. He's been a very good player. Um, and again, playing with Tom Brady helped a lot. But he's versatile. He likes. He's good out of the backfield. He's kind of the ultimate professional. People have talked about his leadership, the relationship with Tom Brady. Um, obviously, New England valued him. And uh, now it's just come down to the fact that he he got banged up and some of the injuries, he, they didn't think that he would be able to come back the way he was. And he obviously felt that. Um, congratulations to him. I don't think this is some, you know, tour of, oh, my God, we're losing a, a staple in the NFL. But uh, again, uh, when a player plays for one team his entire career, he put in a good, you know, nine years in the NFL, um, you know, eight, eight or nine years. Good, good for him. He, he, he's been a good player, and uh, now he gets to ride off into the sunset with two championships. And then uh, he'll always have that Atlanta Falcons game to remember. Yeah. Sorry, AJ. Uh, but no, his nickname, his nickname was Sweet Feet. Just learned that. Just learned that, by the way. His nickname was Sweet Feet. So happy trails to good old Sweet Feet James White. Uh, one other bit of news from the uh, NFL world. Tom Brady. Uh, will not be returning to Bucks camp until after their game against Tennessee Titans on August 20th. AJ, what does this mean for the Bucks moving forward uh, to get their season started and throughout training camp? Aaron, uh, permission to use your line? Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> That's Tom exactly Brady. We're talking about one week. This man's getting a week vacation. In preseason games, he's not going to play. Honestly, if you want to spin it, what an ultimate professional. Hey, we got guys who are going to be playing in the preseason, and they need to be ready. Let me not be here to take up their reps. I did almost retire for 40 days. Let me go ahead, spend a week with my family, and then get back to ignoring them for the entire season. This doesn't matter. when He's committed when he's there. His work ethic is real. The Bucks are going to be fine. It's eight days. Like <laughs> He will be back, and he will be ready to go week one. Uh, and the Bucks will be on to their playoff run to start. Couldn't have said it better myself, AJ. You did me <laughs> proud, man. You did me <laughs> proud. There's one player that can do this. It's Tom Brady. Yeah. Nobody's questioning his work ethic. Yeah. Nobody's saying, man, he sure is trying to get out of training camp. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> this, this was a headline just because it was Tom Brady. Nobody cares. Right. That is, that they, is correct. They planned this. They planned this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that to that point, I do think that that was part of the coming back. Like, hey, I'm probably going to yeah. take a little bit of time right before the season because I know how much of a grind it is. And I was kind of toggling back and forth between being with my family and playing football. So it, it, it probably was likely planned and, and yeah, yay Tom Brady. Yeah. 
There you go, Tom. There you go. Work and life balance. There you go. Uh, that was our morning headlines, though, presented by Manscapes Body Wash. Their ultra premium body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling so fresh and so clean, clean, and also moisturized. Get your Manscaped Body Wash today and use the code SACCITY at checkout to save 20% off and get that free shipping. Aaron, what's the injury report before we get on to our team previews? Yeah, really quick, couple injuries to kind of touch up on. Uh, who would have thunkin'? Rashad Penny dealing with a slight growth. Oh! Injury. Oh! <laughs> yeah, he pulled it. <laughs> You're back. Aaron, You're what's back. the injury report looking like for Rashad Penny? Did it do it again? It did. It That's did. So weird. It's like not even freezing that, over here. We are talking all that shit about AJ Spectrum. Yeah, but, but, but mine's not freezing. But mine's not like freezing. It's so weird. It's just like skipping. Yeah. It's it's weird. Um. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Rashad Penny dealing with a slight growing issue, seeming unlikely to play on Sunday. We talked about, or Saturday. Talked about his injury history. There's got to be concern there if you're a Rashad Penny guy, uh, just because of the injury history. Also in Seattle, LJ Collier will be out a week or so with a sprained elbow. Um. And said if he was a Pete Carroll said if he was a pitcher he'd meet Tommy John, whatever that means. We know he's not a pitcher, so so who cares? And then um, to the Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon has a foot contusion. No, I'm just saying. Oh, um, free Javante Williams. Hey. Melvin Gordon is, has a foot contusion. I'm sure he'll be okay, but maybe he's too contused to play um, week one, and and Javante Williams gets to eat, feed him. Hey. Hey, both those, both the two of those injury reports made me very not obviously not very happy because they're very hurt, happy. But but <laughs> Rashad Penny dealing with that injury, Ken Walker, baby, I told you, I, he's, he, this dude, he's gonna tear it up. And then obviously Melvin Gordon, free Javante Williams, that's what we preach on this show. So uh, there's your injury report. AJ, give the beautiful people at home a nice social read, and then we will get on to our team previews well alrighty then ladies and gentlemen good morning welcome into sack city flower so happy that you chose to wake up with us for all your wonderful sack city nfl news uh we appreciate you heading to all of our social media platforms on facebook twitter instagram youtube and tiktok at sack city pod we also appreciate the fact that you just hit that like button and that follow button and that subscribe button and that share button and posted it all over your social media about how everybody should go to the sack city pod on facebook twitter instagram youtube and TikTok, and watch us every soon to be monday through friday now monday through friday look at me i'm killing the game aren't i on youtube good morning sack city hashtag gmsc yep and if you haven't heard sack city podcast is now sponsored by manscape Support for Sac City is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The performance package, ultimate men's hygiene bundle. So you can join over 6 million worldwide who trust Manscaped. We have an exclusive offer, 20% off. Free worldwide shipping if you just type in the code Sac City at checkout. And if my math is correct, that's about 12 million balls, Vinny and AJ. That's so many balls. That's so, so many, many balls. balls. And the performance package 4.0 is a game changer. Inside the pack, you get the lawnmower 4.0, you get the, the weed whacker, nose and hair trimmer, you get your little deodorant, foot deodorant, you get your little, uh, what is it? What do they call it, Vinny? The the crop preserver ball deodorant. So your balls smell fresh. You get ball toner, 
And again, this is Manscaped. You get a pair of boxer briefs to boot. So go and get 20% off and free shipping with the code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. I gotta be honest, I've been I've been I've been using the the the, the smelly nice stuff down there, and I had my pant had my pants today, pulled it out. Did you just smell your finger? It. I did. And normally I do that. And normally I do that before, and there's like a stink on it. And I'm like, ooh, I gotta yeah. like I gotta shower or something. But like I did it today, yeah. and then my wife goes, wait, did that actually smell good? And I'm like, yeah, smell. She smells it. It was a great time. Go get your Manscaped ball preserver today. Go get your premium package. It's great stuff. Uh, Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Let's get into our season previews. We're starting with the Las Vegas Raiders. This team made the playoffs last year. And I, uh, I, I talked about it yesterday with the, when we talked to Cowboys, if you missed that episode, go check that out. Um, But people were down on the Cowboys surprisingly. And like caught me off guard. Same thing as what's going on with the Raiders. A lot of people are down on the Raiders, and maybe it's not necessarily that they're down on the Raiders themselves, but high on everyone else in this division. The Raiders obviously brought in Devontae Adams, now connecting with his former college quarterback in Derek Carr. AJ, what is the one thing that can hold back this offense? So uh, I feel like I'm going to start sounding like a broken record here. Uh, but much like I had the issue with the Dallas Cowboys, for me, it's this offensive line. Uh, we, we can talk about all the wonderful weapons that they brought in. We can talk about the run game that Josh Jacobs is going to get to run into the ground. Devontae Adams is there now for receiving. Hunter Renfro looks great. Maybe Darren Waller gets back to full form this season. But like I just said with the Jets as well, if your offensive line isn't together, it's not going to work out for you. Uh, Aaron's favorite website, PFF, has them ranked as 29th going into the season. Uh, and a lot of the questions come from another one of your favorite people, Alex Leatherwood, who allowed the most pressures last year in the NFL at 67 pressures. Uh, now they're saying he looks a little bit better. He's starting to get a hold of things. But as you looked at it, the Hall of Fame game, and I get it, that was pre-week one, week zero, if you will. So everything wasn't up there, but that line allowed two sacks in that game. Who's to say that that's not a norm? Who's to say we're not seeing an average of two sacks every single week at the very least? So, um, I think this line has to kind of get meshed together. Uh, that right side definitely needs a little bit of help, and you have to pray that guys like uh, Colton Miller uh, doesn't get hurt, and maybe Dylan Parham will step up even sooner and come help this line out because I think he's a scary good prospect that can learn this uh, game pretty quickly and be a force on that line. So this line has to get it together a little bit, and uh, then they should be the Raiders that we all think they have the potential to be. Five. <clears throat> Five sacks. Jaguars had five sacks. And that's what it, it is me agreeing and, and, and stressing your point that even though it was preseason, Jaguars still had five sacks on, on a Raiders team yeah. where it's just like a team that's still growing and, and they're getting their, their new pass rushers involved and getting them going like five sacks against the Raiders, uh, five sacks led up for the Raiders in that preseason week one game. And I 100% agree that could, that is going to be the thing that's going to hold them back. You look at the teams in the AFC West too, with the pass rushers that the Chargers and the Broncos have. Like they're going to be making it hard for Derek Carr. To to I, clarify, and this was this was just my mistake. I and I because I didn't say it. <laughs> uh, I was I was specifically speaking about the Alex Leatherwood and their backups area. Uh, th- on that side, the pressures allowed and the sacks allowed were two. 
So that that was my fault. I did not make that part of it clear. Uh, but that was where the two sack number came from. I don't want to keep week to week, y'all. Like AJ don't never got the right damn information. So let me, well, let me just clarify that. Well, uh, so two things. I agree. I think the weak spot is the offensive line. Obviously, the weapons on the Raiders. There's no argument there. They got a Devontae Adams now, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, all that. Um, last year they were middle of the pack in in sacks given up. Um, they only gave up 40 sacks last year, which could be, I guess, only it's outside the top 10. <laughs> like, but, but well, I mean, again, they're the, the top team gave up 58, like the Bears gave up 58. So they were, they were a little bit, below, they were below average, right? They were below average in giving up sacks. But the biggest difference for me in that offensive line is that run game, right? You have to be able to run the football now with, with the Josh Jacobs. And they did not do a good job of that last year. Um, although Josh Jacobs had a good fantasy productive season, they were fifth worst in rush yards total rush yards last year. Um, so that's a big deal to me. I think that's where we have to start looking at this offensive line. Are they going to be able to create a push to get holes for Josh Jacobs and Zamir White and these guys to run through that will allow a Derek Carr to get some play action game, find Darren Waller and, and Devontae Adams. So you're, you're right. It's the offensive line and, and it's going to be about guys like an Alex Leatherwood um, and, and players like that. I, I am interested to see where, if Dylan Parham can come in and make an impact somewhere on that offensive line, they got a lot of moving parts there that I think there might be some guys that are replaced before we get to the end of the season. I don't think Josh McDaniels yeah. is going to have too much patience there. Um, the re- the right side is really a big question mark for me. Um, I was yeah. never a fan yeah. of the first round pick of Alex Leatherwood, and he hasn't shown to live up to that first round pick as of yet. Uh, but the offensive line is definitely going to be the biggest question mark for the, for the Las Vegas Raiders. And, and it's not even like it was with Dallas where we were like, they're talented. It's just you had to pick a spot. Like, this is something where I don't think it's like the the Achilles heel, so to speak, but it's close. You know, they're, if they don't get it to – it's one of those things like where if you don't get it together quick enough, like it may never get there throughout the season, and that's what becomes a problem. You can't always run to the left. You can't always get just behind Colton Miller and be like, help me. So <laughs> – uh, so that 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 is uh, the Josh McDaniels part of that was another part to bring up because we understand what he wants to do with that with that scheme and the offensive line is a huge part of that as it is with just about every offense. Yeah, on, on the defensive side of the ball, they are now on their third defensive coordinator in three years. Patrick Graham takes over uh, takes over the reins in in Las Vegas and in our uh, training camp preview show. We had a little sound by form him, and I, I, from there, started really liking what this guy brings to the table, at least in terms of an attitude. But what does he bring, and what will be the noticeable changes under Patrick Graham uh, with this new defense, Aaron? Yeah, I think most people know him to be more of a 3-4 guy, but the Raiders personnel really just doesn't allow that to happen. So what I'm actually most interested in looking for, is he going to have guys like Chandler Jones and Max Crosby standing up, or hand in the dirt. He's more known for having those outside guys up, being versatile, being able to drop back in coverage, but that's not really Crosby's game and that's not really Chandler Jones's game. Not saying they can't do it, but it's not what they're the best at, right? We want them getting after the passer. So um, I think a lot of what he's trying to bring to this Raiders defense is just multiplicity, right? Being able to do different things. And I think with guys like Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, you can do those things, but it's going to have to be moving them around on the front, finding creative ways to get them to the quarterback. And then when you put on his nickel package in the field, he uses those outside linebackers to stand up. So is he going to move one of those guys inside, bring an extra linebacker on the field to do things like that? You you wonder. So um, he likes to run a lot of zone coverage. 
He, preserve, he prefers to run zone on early downs and then play man coverage late. I talked about that in the training camp preview. I don't think that changes. I think there's going to be a lot of blitzes on third and fourth downs to get pressures, but he might not have to do it on early downs much because he does have those, those excellent pass rushes on the outside where they can sit back in that cover three, that cover six, and just cover more space on the field. Give quarterbacks less windows to throw to or smaller windows, windows to throw to and, and be able to allow those guys on the edge to get to the quarterback and make plays. So you, so you say one of those edge rushers are probably their, the biggest benefactor from this new system of, of Patrick Graham, or is there a specific player that you think really just is going to thrive under this new system? I think, honestly, with the with the, the joint efforts of a Patrick Graham and the addition of a Chandler Jones, that back end, which wasn't very good over the past couple of seasons, is really what's going to benefit because it allows them to sit in coverage, to play more zone, and not have to worry about covering man-to-man guys for, for long periods of time because you have elite pass rushers that can get to the quarterback. And we've talked about this. When you have two pass rushers, can't double everybody. Right. So if you double Crosby, Chandler Jones is likely to be in one on one coverage or, or maybe have a back just chipping out of the backfield, which takes an option out of the passing game and allows your secondary to focus on the three or four wide receivers that are on the outside. So I think in joint effort, it's going to be the back end of that Raiders defense, which has needed some help. Uh, that's the biggest beneficiary of this kind of move to Patrick Graham. I love Patrick Graham, so I'm happy. I'm ha- I'm happy oh, for him. Chandler man. Jones in one on one coverage. Uh, oh. That's not. I mean, that's not smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want Max Crosby in one on one either. You see what he does. The unlimited. Like he got some issues. Yeah. Good luck <laughs> if you're that those offenses. Like it's going to be yeah. tough. Yeah, we talked about well the fact that the Raiders had the offensive line issues with the, with all the pass rush that's going to be in the AFC West. Well, the Raiders themselves create issues for bad offensive lines for the other teams in the AFC West as well with Max Crosby and now the addition. Of Chandler Jones. Let's take a look at their schedule. And uh, AJ, what do you think is the defining part of this Raiders schedule? I, you know, I honestly kind of struggle with this because I'm looking at it and everywhere I think there's a pocket that I need them to focus on. Then there's a stinker of a team. Like, you know, I want to start at week four and it's like, yeah, that's about to get tough. But then they get a bye. And not only do they get a bye, they get to come off that bye to what we presume is not a great Houston team. Then you got New Orleans. So I wanted to start there and think about it, but then we got your Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, but man, going hey, from man, that man. point on, we're going from that point on, the Colts are going to matter. Denver's going to matter. But then you got Seattle. So really what it comes down to for me is this is just a team that has to show consistency. But at the same time, it kind of looks a lot like what they dealt with last season. You know, they started their season off three wins. Then they had two losses. Then they had two wins. Then they had three losses. You know, then they finished the season on a five-game win streak. Uh you just want to see that consistency from them where you're not just getting these pockets where everything turned around. And of course there's the asterisk of all the BS they dealt with last year. I understand that, but they, they, they overcame that very well. They overcame that adversity. It's a new genre. It's a new regime. They seem like they are pointed in the right direction. Uh, if that consistency can happen and if they don't have four overtime games, <laughs> I think you're looking uh, at a pretty solid, uh, Las Vegas Raiders team. <laughs> did, did you just say a new genre? Yes, that's why I immediately changed it and said regime. I was like, that's the right word I was looking for. I was like, I've uh, never heard. I was like, you know, it could work. It could work. And I was like, is, did they say genre? I, I, yeah, I, I, I got that. I was like, wait, what? I, 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 I don't know what the genre stuff was. I watch a lot of movies. I listen to a lot of music. You know, just, it's I'm all genre, new genre, maybe. It's all new genre in, in Vegas. <laughs> I, I think. I think 
very similar to what AJ said. I, I don't really think there's a point in the schedule that we can point and say what's the most important. But one thing I will say, I think this whole year matters. The only thing that matters this year for the Raiders is what does the division play look like? Um, yeah. They can't go two and four in the division. They can't go one and five in the division. Can't go zero oh and six in the division. Last year they went three and three. It's okay to go three and three in your division. Win a game from each of those teams, and you're you're okay. You'll be sitting pretty there. Um, if you can split your division, I think that's the most important. If I'm the Raiders, I'm circling week one, I'm circling week four, circling week five. I'm going all the way down to week 18 to week 12, whatever it is, 13, and then week 11 to those division games. And uh, I think that's the most important thing for the yeah. Raiders schedule um, this week. And, and exactly leading into that schedule, what I'm looking for forward to most is how does Josh McDaniels incorporate Devontae Adams in this offense? Is it going to be a focus on Devontae Adams to, to be able to come in and play uh, and just play like he played in Green Bay? Know that he's getting the number of targets. Know that he's getting the ball. Open it up a little bit more and focus on him, which might allow a Darren Waller and a Hunter Renfro to be more free um, in certain things. But Derek Carr threw the ball 600 times last year, and it didn't really result in a whole lot of statistical um numbers that were that were very big and i think this year we might see a shift in the Derek carr numbers um if they go away from the run game and, and again it could happen i don't know that i see it because i know josh mcdaniels wants to start with the run game but aj pointed this out a few weeks ago that you might get more looks in the red zone for a Devonte adams or you might get more looks in the red zone for a darren waller i i'm really watching out for how they use Devonte adams in this offense and are they going to do things similar to what Green Bay did, which just means get the ball in his hands and let that man go to work. Or is it going to be like, hey, continue what we do. We throw to the open guy. I'm not a fan of that. I got a dude, get the ball to the dude. And I'm wondering if Josh McGinnis, <laughs> who never really came from a system like that, never had a guy like that. Um, I'm wondering if he's going to he's gonna incorporate that into this Raiders playbook. You know, uh, just to, I know we're moving quick, but just to like add on to that, I, I have a feeling like over the past couple of years, people have been looking at Derek Carr ready to see him unleashed. And I think Josh McDaniels knows that. Like, I understand the run game is important for Josh McDaniels, but I think he also knows Derek Carr can be a dude. And now he's got his best his best friend. He's got his dude. I wouldn't be surprised if, they are, if they're taking shots way more than we were expecting to because that trust factor is there from Josh McDaniels to Derek Carr, from Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. So that's something that I'm watching for to see if those numbers, I think that could happen with Derek Carr actually come to fruition with the touchdowns and the extra yardage and, so on and so forth. Sure. I have a stupid question. I'm yeah. gonna ask it. Well, you're gonna add it to the list of stupid questions like yeah. the one you asked me if that penalty yeah. in the preseason other, game matter. Other than Randy Moss with Josh McDaniels, Devontae Adams has to be the best wide receiver he's ever coached, right? Oh. Um I mean, who do you have in Denver the first go round? I, I don't know. Which one. I mean Demarius and him was it was Demarius with him when he was there? Pretty yeah, because yeah, he had yeah. Tebow, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, that would be the next. And honestly, that yeah, R.I.P. All respect. He Demarius would be third in my opinion. See, I, this is why I asked. I yeah. I thought about. I'm like I'm like looking at the list. But, of the, like, I, it, it really doesn't matter. And I guess correct. I guess in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. The, yeah. the question, but I just thought about, I'm like, man, this might be the best group of, this might be the best collection of weapons that Josh McDaniels has ever 
had at his arsenal because I mean, look at Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs might be one of the best running backs he's ever had. And then you, Darren, I mean, Darren Waller is not Rob Gronkowski, but he's a damn good tight end. Then you throw in a Devonte Adams is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL and arguably one of the best wide receivers Josh McDaniels has ever coached. Like this might you be the what? best group of weapons Josh McDaniels has had in his entire career. You know what? So you asked a stupid question. I'll give you somewhat of a stupid answer. Well, I may may look at it as Josh McDaniels looks like he has his New England Patriots slot guy in a Hunter Renfro and was a, is going to be able to work with that. But, oh, look, on the best side of things, not only do I have that, how I know how to exploit, I also have the best damn receiver in the NFL. So now I have the embarrassment of riches that I, I think yeah. I should. So that, that could also be it. To, we, we may not need to sleep on a Hunter Renfro, not that he's going to leave the team, but you to, get what I'm saying. To be fair, I had to look this up because I, I yeah. was pretty positive. Uh, he also did coach Brandon Marshall. That's who I was referring uh, okay, to. Okay, yeah. And um, I'm not when trying to say really that. Good. Yeah. I, right now, it's a hard debate to tell me that Devontae Adams was a better overall player. Like right now, if they ended today, Brandon Marshall was a dog, man. And, and yeah. that dude could play some football. Yeah. He did get to coach him. Um, so, yeah, it's close. Though. Like to your, time. To your, yeah. yeah, to your point, though. The fact of the matter is, is he doesn't have a plethora of these type of weapons on his resume, his resume, not his regime. Um, genre, genre, <laughs> or, or genre. genre. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did that because I mix those up all the time: regimen and uh, and like regime and then resume. Um, so he doesn't have a huge list of guys like that. Obviously, the Randy Moss is obviously the Brandon Marshalls, and now with Devonte Adams adding to that, it's going to be uh, big for him. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I just want, just want to go off on that tangent there. It worked uh, out. It but worked let's out. go. Let's go over to the Raiders' odds here. And if you guys are new to the show and new to this game here, we give you the locked and loaded Sac City bets here. Aaron is shaking his head behind this graphic here for something. Is, Did I mess something up? Easy. This is stupid. Easy. I I am like wondering. Okay, so you guys are all on board of this too. Seeing that, th- and this is the Vegas. You can look it up. <laughs> Google it. Google it right now. Vegas Insider posts this. The 2022-2023 NFL win total odds. The Las Vegas Raiders are at eight and a half wins. And this is why I said at the beginning of all of this that people are down, either down on the Raiders or that high on everybody else that they're playing against. Eight and a half wins is is, is their total right now. And that's current, huh? Current right now, yeah. right now. So, so, so I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, I do know that uh, back when we did the schedule uh, previews, I had them at nine and eight at that point in time, and and I know, like, while I firmly believe the lock is at eight and five, we do always discuss how tough this division is, and if and for whatever reason, well, mostly because it's been that way for the last how many ever long I can remember the Raiders have been the little brothers or looked at as the little brothers in this division. I know the charges were there too, but uh, not many people have a lot of faith in the Raiders. You go back to last year and they were all like play for the tie. Cause that's your best bet to do it. So on and so forth. So I think that might be where that comes from. But when you first look at it, you're just like, come on, like, no, it's disrespectful. Eight, it's eight, disrespectful. Eight half, it, it feels that way. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking, over eight and a half wins. Yeah, like, give me that lot. Okay, stop. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. That's what you guys are talking about? Man, disrespectful again to Josh Jacobs. 749 oh, yeah, yards? That was the are other you thing. kidding me? That's that was, I was talking about all of them, really. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I agree, AJ, because I think all of these are, are laughable. But 
749 yards for Josh Jacobs. Now, come, like, where do they get these numbers when a dude's never been below 890? And that was in a, quote, bad year last year. Like, again, this is the whole Zeke argument with me. This is stupid, and I get over-unders. <laughs> I, I've bet before. I understand that they're set at a certain number for a reason because they do account for things like injury and, and all these I things. The fact of the matter is, is it's disrespectful to Josh Jacobs to throw that number on the screen of 749 yards in 17 games. I, I look at when I'm doing this, when I'm making the graphics and trying to find the bets to put in here, I question on this one specifically, this, the Raiders ones, I question if my information was right. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of haters out there, Vinny, for the Raiders. Yeah. Like they, they do yeah. think and this they're going to fall is, off a little bit. This is Caesar Sportsbook has it at, at under over under 749 and a half yards. And DraftKings also has it or has it at over under 750 and a half yards. So we it's like you. It's just that's rushing yard. It, it is. It is. So so what you guys are saying, are you are all three of these just downright locks? Just like take your money, go to the casinos, put this in, and you're gonna you're gonna be happy at the end of the it's, season. It's it's easy to the the hardest one is the uh Devonte Adams at twelve hundred, but I still think that's a lot. But I mean twelve hundred is a number, man. Like I, if anyone could wake up and get twelve hundred, no, it would be Devonte Adams. So you, you look at that number and you're still like, yeah, let's do that. But the other two, without question, in my mind, the other to be two, fair, they're both minus. They're all minus money. So the the odds are saying that they're likely to go over those yeah. numbers. Um, that's why you have to pay a little bit more in order to to win that amount or whatever, but still that I just don't like the line set there. Um, I think all three hit over. There Lock them all in, baby. Lock them all in. Bet your money on the Raiders. Let's, let's get, let's go win some money Bet on black, baby. Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's get into the record predictions here. AJ, you brought up that you had nine and eight predicted uh, during our off season predictions. Aaron, you had 10 and seven. I had eleven and six. And you ain't Are got we to all? Me, my records right here, baby. Hey, I got the records right here because I still have it in my. <laughs> hey, I, I, got the I have my organized right computer, you know. <laughs> uh, but all right, so AJ, you you were the one who originally brought up your record first, though, at nine and eight. Are you moving? I have or adjusted stand? slightly. Um, I did not know Aaron had him at ten and seven, but it wouldn't matter because how I feel is how I feel. Uh, I I did give them one more win. Um, I, I moved them up to ten. Uh, I know you were going to ask me where that other win is. Uh, insert trash team here or insert upset over the Rams here or something of that nature. <laughs> but uh, I think they I think their weapons and the chemistry and the way they've kind of come along as I've watched over the camp, even at least one more win. Again, this is, this is a really, really tough division. So yeah. it's kind of hard to go too much more than that for me. Yeah. You guys got mad at me when I, when, when I unveiled my NFC or my AFC West, uh, records because i had all of those teams at 12 and, five, 12 and 5 11 and 6 12 and 5 11 and 6 that was how i i had my afc west yeah. uh unfolding. i just said i just said I, we were blasting it's just a, to, for all four to get to 11 wins is going to be extremely was, hard yeah, uh, yeah. to do like Tough. that's going to be insane if it does happen that would be unprecedented but not far off i had all of them winning 10 games so yeah. I had a three-way tie behind the Chiefs at 12 wins. I had I the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers all at 10 wins, tiebreakers making the playoffs. And uh, I have Vegas still at 10 and 7. Um, the biggest thing for me is I think 
I think they're going to win some games they shouldn't. I think they're going to lose some games they shouldn't. I have them losing to the Texans and still I, winning 10 games. So I have them I have them losing that Jacksonville game. Not to be a homer. I know. <laughs> just take this hat off here. But I don't play Atlanta because they're going to lose that game if they play just, Atlanta. Just go just <laughs> traveling from Vegas to Jacksonville after a game against the Saints. I just uh, well, I, maybe they maybe they're traveling from New Orleans to Jacksonville. That ain't that bad. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how travel yeah. works. I'm not a. I'm not yeah. A travel usually, if you go back to back road games, sometimes you'll stay oh, in the city you're the in, coast. and then you'll just travel yeah. from New Orleans, or you'll travel early to Jacksonville and be there. Well, so, well, I'll go from eleven and six, and I'll give them twelve and five now. Merry <laughs> Christmas, Las Vegas Raiders. No, no, real, real talk. Ten and seven. I'm eleven. I'm staying the same, so I'm not changing. Yeah. yeah. All righty. All righty. Uh, well, let's unveil where they land on our preseason power rankings. I'll do the unveiling here, Aaron, unless you remember where we put them. You didn't tell me. You didn't, I know. That's never, why I was like. You never yeah, gave an official word. Remember that's, what you that, never knew? That's what I did. So you'll see also on here, we did preview the Denver Broncos already. So they're also going to be on this list because they're in the same area. The Las Vegas Raiders come in at number 12 on our list just Ahead of the Denver Broncos, this AFC West is so tight, so tight that I so that so tight. this I feel like is the best situation right now is to put these two teams who have some new faces to change the direction of their teams. It's I think that's I think it's fair. I think it's very fair to have the Las Vegas Raiders at twelve. Uh, Raiders fans, if you don't like it, let us know in the comments what you think. And uh, that does it though for our Raiders season preview. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. This is. I'm going to make you do it again, but thank you. Thank thank you. Talk about it later. Start again. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. You're damn right. I'm a good person. I am a good person. I'm a good noodle. I am a good noodle. The Los Angeles Chargers and their season outlook here and their season preview. A good team. Just missed the playoffs last year on that uh, crazy (laughs) wild game against Las Vegas Raiders at the end of the season. They just missed. They're looking to get to the next level, and there's one player on that offense that really does need to get to the next level, and a lot of people think he will take that next step. It's Justin Herbert. Aaron, how does Big Herb get to the next level? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't come on this show very often unprepared. Um, I usually can rattle off stuff in my head. I pay attention. I do research my off time. I'm, I'm a prepared, organized individual. I have no answer for this. I don't know that Justin Herbert improving. I'm not saying he doesn't have any room for improvement. But the next step for Justin Herbert is that he prays to the good almighty football gods that he actually has a defense that's worth a shit. I mean, let's be honest. Justin Herbert has come out his first two years and done things we have never seen before. I mean, we broken records being a sophomore quarterback throwing 38 touchdowns. He had a little bit more interceptions last year, but a lot of that was being forced to come back in games and throw the ball more than he had to and go for it on fourth down and, and stuff like that. But I don't look at Justin Herbert and say, man, this is a quarterback that he didn't get him to the playoffs. He's not doing enough. And, and you hear, this is what's funny to me, because you hear quarterbacks like Dak Prescott that are, put up numbers that are still questioned like that. I don't know many people are questioning Justin Herbert and his abilities and what he needs to do to get this team to the next level. I think it's about the organization, just the culture of what the Chargers have had over the years of bad luck, 
misfortune, even with Phillip Rivers. It's just when things start to go right, something goes wrong. And I think that's what's continued to happen with the organization. I'm not looking at Justin Herbert saying, I need to see, quote, this, this season. I'm looking at Justin Herbert saying, I hope your defense is good enough. And I'll say it again. I don't know that it is. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but all the names are great. All the bright lights are great, but the Chargers still smell to me like this, a ton of names, a ton of talent, and somehow they're just going to let you down. Oh, man. That's oh, it. man. Lenny has nothing LA to do with Justin Herbert. Upset. Has nothing to do with Justin Herbert. Right now, you put him on some other teams, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I'd put him in the Super Bowl right now. Put him on the Colts. I would tell you that's a Super Bowl football team right now. And the sad part is, if you probably look top to bottom, the Chargers are probably more talented than the Colts. But guess yeah, what? Yeah. But guess what? Chargers were talented last year. They didn't make the playoffs. Ooh. Not they made the playoffs and had a first round exit. Not they made the playoffs and it was a close. They didn't make the playoffs at all. And that to me is um, it's bad business. It's bad business. It's bad business right there. Uh, well, before we go on to the uh, the defensive side of things with AJ, uh, I do want to let the Chargers fans know. Comment your thoughts on what the what the problem is in, uh, below and. If you have a problem with what Aaron just said there um, about the Chargers as a team just being just come at me, bro, come, come at, at him, <laughs> come at him. Lenny from LA is what I dropped earlier. Lenny from oh LA is what I dropped earlier. Uh, defensive side of the ball, AJ, they, Aaron has just made it very clear that this the defense is a problem for the Chargers. <laughs> I don't think I need to really time? go. I don't think I really <laughs> need to go into exactly why. But one of the biggest things last season for them is they were one of the worst teams in the entire NFL in terms of third down defenses, how do the Chargers improve on that this year? You said it right. This defense is a problem, and they're going to be for a lot of people this season. Uh, I think the biggest step that they took that's going to help them out on third down is what they did in the secondary and the pieces they brought on. Uh, You look at the guys they brought, like J.C. Jackson, who's established himself last season as one of the best uh, cornerbacks in the league, not to mention uh, with the eight interceptions last year, now 25 since he's coming to the league in 2018. That's the most in, uh, in the NFL. Uh, Bryce Callahan coming in, he was great for the Broncos last year, only allowed one touchdown on his on his look, uh, about 54% completion when he's, uh, when he's in coverage. That's helpful. I uh, think about Asante Samuel, who had a great rookie year, 11 pass deflections, two interceptions, comes from good stock, looking to have himself another step, uh, another growth level on this uh, up, up, up and coming season. I think the secondary for the Chargers is, has stepped up significantly. And now they're behind a great, a great linebacking core, adding Khalil Mack. And, you know, we can talk about the rush that they're going to have as well. But uh, I, I think that's the first step is having those, those corners that can lock down that secondary. Uh, I didn't even mention Derwin James name and we all know what he's capable of when they are staying on the field. So to me, that's the first uh, step to, Really good uh, secondary. Uh, pump the brakes on the great linebacking core. Great pass rushing. Uh, yeah, linebackers are not great. Uh, linebacking is actually the weak spot here. Uh, but I, I agree with you, and I disagree with you. I, I do agree with mostly everything you said. Um, the only thing I, I will say about the defense is the third down defense specifically. It is about those pass rushers, but it's not just about them getting to the quarterback on third down or, or DBs being able to cover on third down. It's about what you do on first and second down so that you're in situations in third down that's not third and three. 
third and two. When you get into third and two and third and short, the NFL, the percentages on on like actually gaining those yardage is much higher. You want to be keep teams at third and long. And I think the most important thing there was their run defense was so bad that guys were gashing him first and second down and they'd have third and one. They'd have third and two. And of course, offenses are like, we can do so many things in this in this situation that it makes it easy to, to convert those third down. So yes, it's going to matter that they can get to the passer. Yes, J.C. Jackson being able to cover is going to matter. But if they don't stop people on first and second down running the football, and they did add pieces in the interior defensive line to help do that. None of those pieces will matter because they still won't be able to get off the field on third downs and they'll still will keep that high powered offense off of the field. So I like everything you said, and I do agree to an extent, but those first and second down plays are going to be so huge in stopping the run. And again, they addressed it, but it still has to actually take place on the field. And like I said before, they can have every all pro Every great player, and until I see it, I ain't gonna believe it. What's wrong? What, what's wrong with these linebackers? What, what's wrong with Bosa and Khalil? And no, no, no. Uh, but they, but they're not the traditional linebacker. Those guys aren't playing. Are they're not stopping the run in the middle of the field. They are pass rushers. They are playing on the outside. Because Kenneth Murray, Troy Reader, Nick Neiman, Drew Tranquil. Those ah, guys there it is. Un- there yeah, it is. Those guys are all unproven and have to show that they can play the game of football at this level. Um, now, again, you can look at the position itself and you have the top of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, but they're not doing what, what I'm talking about. They're not lining up for five, seven yards off the ball, having to fill a gap, go make a tackle downhill. That's not their game. They are pass so rushers. James doing that game. this year. I know. I know. James, James doing that this year. Well, th- that's the thing. They brought in what's that? What's that kid? The the kid from Baylor that they brought in the safety. What? Uh, JT um, Woods. JT Woods. That's it. JT mm-hmm. Woods. Yeah. I wanted to say another, another thumper. Yeah. Another that's what I'm saying. Like that's what that's what I'm saying. Like like they bring in a uh, Jalen Wood. Like he comes in and he lets Derwin James do a little bit more and be a little bit more free in that in, in that defense. Dylan on the show before brought up his guy and Drew Tranquil. He said he's going to be a guy that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They, I, we're not arguing here because we all look at the roster and say, "Man, these guys it are should, great." It should it should be great? It should. Be I great. believe in it until that's fair. Well, because I, I definitely did. I definitely did say how this has been one of the better defenses in my mind every preseason, and it yeah. just has never come to fruition. However, this year is different. <laughs> it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different. Well, let's look at something else other than this defense and talk about the schedule for the Los Angeles Chargers. Aaron, what is the defining part of the Los Angeles Chargers schedule this year? Hold that thought. Let me grab my holding Los Angeles Chargers schedule here. Um, For me, it's down the stretch. And down the stretch, they have a deceivingly tough schedule um, when you talk about their back half of the season. Look at the right side column there. Niners, Chiefs, and the worst team in that list is the Tennessee Titans who won the AFC. (laughs) He's right, though. He's right. Talk about a tough schedule. I think it's important for the Chargers to get off to a very, very fast start. And I I mean seven, eight, and one to start the season because that back half of that schedule, is there's going to be some losses there. And to be honest, I have them getting off to a hot start. I'll give you my record in a little bit. But I do have them getting off to a hot start, which – does allow them to be fighting for a playoff spot. But that back half, good luck. That's a gauntlet right there to go through, and um, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, that is 
I don't. I, I remember we and you guys can go back and watch our uh, our off season prediction show for the Los Angeles Chargers when we broke down their schedule um, on our YouTube page at Sac City Pod. Uh, I don't remember. I don't recall like actually registering in my head how tough that right side of that schedule was. Like that's like that is that Ooh. is all playoff teams right there. Like, well, it all, helps that it, it helps that. Dolphins go get Tyreek Hill. Colts go get Matt Ryan after, you know. Yeah. So there are some – Denver obviously now has Russell Wilson, which they, I believe they did at the time anyways. Yeah. But yeah. Th- there there are some things there that have transpired that make you change your your tune a little bit. But for sure, yeah. that's a that's a brutal schedule. Yeah, and, and, and we also – we talk about how, like, with with uh, these divisional games too, like, it's easier to when – you, when you talk about splitting it, we always say that the, these guys, these games, it's toss-ups with teams like Los Angeles and Kansas City and Los Angeles and Las Vegas and stuff like that. They're toss-ups. They normally split. They split on the road. Like, they lose on the road, they'll win at home. Even on that back, that, that right side of that schedule, it's you're on the road against Vegas. You're on the road against the Broncos. You're on the road against Indy. You're on the road against uh, Arizona. Like, this is that's five uh, five road games in that stretch too. Like the uh, the front part of that season, they actually got lucky that Deshaun yeah. Watson suspended because otherwise you start the season with the Raiders and Chiefs, and you got at Cleveland at Cleveland there, which would make it tough. But with without Deshaun Watson, they should be able to get that one done. It's not an easy schedule for them, which is a little strange because it's a third place schedule in their yeah, division because yeah. they finish in third. But however it worked out, the off season improvements of some of those third place teams really put the Chargers in a tough spot. Char- Chargers fans, how are you guys feeling in the comments? Let us know because I want to know your reactions to this. How, what your what your comfort level is when it looks when you look at the schedule and especially that right side. Uh, let's go into uh, what we're watching for. AJ, what are you uh, what are you looking for during this season? So uh, I think you know we were just talking about the defense and how it's going to be different this year, and I think the reason and what to watch for is going to be Brandon Staley. Uh, we we questioned a lot of his choices last season, rightfully so. Uh, we questioned his aggressiveness, mediocrely so. I think this season, now that he has the names on the roster, let's remember he is a defensive-style coach. What adjustments does he make to that defense to stop the the, rush, the rushing waters that go through the dam that is their, their linebacking core that allows everyone to run for how many ever yards they so please? Um, what does he do? to address every single team that's coming up on his roster. Now that he's got the names on his side of the ball, can he allow the offense to work in in its own and him focus on the defense? It's kind of like, and remember the Titans, when when uh, Coach Boone's like, you handle your defense, I'll handle my offense. That's that's where Brandon Staley needs to be. You're the head coach. I get it. You got to do a little more. But handle your defense. Make sure that they are buttoned up because we saw what Justin Herbert's capable of. We saw Mike Williams come to life on that offense. We know what Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler's about, and you're very high, and so is the Los Angeles Chargers on Isaiah Spiller. This offense has the weapons, but if they stay on the field because uh, – or they can't stay on the field because the defense is trash, that needs to be fixed, basically. I think you hit it. Yeah. I think you hit it right there. More of it. the story? I ain't going to believe it. Until I see it. <laughs> Get it together, Chargers defense. Get it together. All right, let's go on to their prop bets this season. And uh, hopefully this looks better than the Las Vegas Raiders prop bets. Maybe a little bit tougher of a time. Over under 10 and a half wins. Over 1,400 and a half yards. Total yards for Austin Eckler. And over 36 and a half Justin Herbert passing touchdowns. 
Aaron again shaking his head. Aaron again shaking his head. Some Chargers. Ten and a half. Uh, over under of ten and a half wins is a lot of wins, like in the NFL. Like the the difference between eight wins and ten wins in the NFL is so minute. When you got an over under sitting at ten and a half wins, that means and it's and it's under money. So you're still. They think they're going to get eleven wins here. Um, that's 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 a high number there. I don't trust that one. For me, the easy answer is Austin Eckler here. I think the total yards of fourteen hundred. I think he runs for close to a thousand, if probably a thousand, and he's going to get you know another four hundred on the ground or uh, through the air. So um, give me the Austin Eckler over fourteen hundred and a half yards uh, minus one fifteen. I think that's the lock out of these three. Herbert thirty six is close, but he could throw thirty six touchdowns and right on the number there. That could be a, a really good line. Uh, give me the fourteen hundred for Austin Eckler. AJ, that's the right answer, but let's have some fun. We want to see that next level for Herbert. That's where it's at. Herbert's going for 40 touchdowns this season. Let's do it. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that over. I'm going to bet some money. We're not like, yeah, make a safe bet, but we're also betting to have some fun. So let's have some fun. Make that safe bet at Austin Eckler and then take the money you win from that. And hopefully that's what you get back when you also hit Justin Herbert over 36 and a half touchdowns. Let's do it. I mean, he threw 38 last year, so it's not unheard of. Um, right, but he had a great year last year, and the thirty-eight was a lot. So, you know, but yeah, yes, that's, a, that's a it is a lot. <laughs> let me let me add a bonus. Let me add a bonus. Big Herb uh, uh, over under bet over under forty-seven hundred and a half passing yards. Over under what? Forty-seven hundred yes. passing yards. Over. Over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For the same reason I was thinking about the touchdowns, man. They're, they, they're, these are going to be some fights. 17, dog 17 fights games, West. and with barring him missing yeah. a game, 17 games, 4,700 yards. That's, that's about right. Yeah, that's what it's at minus 115 for uh, minus 110. Sorry, um, for that right now on the big herb. Let's get into let's get to the nitty gritty, gentlemen. Record predictions here. Off season, you had Aaron, you had 10 and 7. AJ, you had 11 and 6. I had 12 and 5. Where are we at here now, nowadays, boys? Where are we at, Aaron? I'll tell you, I have them remaining at 10 and 7, but I didn't want to kind of break down how I have that 10 and 7. It's really strange. I talked about the back half of that season. I have them starting the season with two losses all the way up through Arizona. Two losses through Arizona. I have them losing five of their last six games. And this to me is going to be, again, the brutals down the stretch. Um, and then you can, you can kind of, maybe they get one early or don't get one early. Maybe they win one late, but I do have them going 10 and seven. Um, I think the schedule is too brutal. I don't see how they're going to get to 11 and 12 wins with that schedule and don't let them start one and one or zero and two against that division foes. Cause then you're, you know, you're starting to keep your eye on that 49ers game. Like, once we get that game, we have to go on a run. Um, I still think Brandon Staley's a little too young. I think that team's a little too young to, to have to deal with that late in the season. We saw it last year. I think we see it again this year. If if the So now that you'll uh, – I'll go to your predictions, AJ, in a second. But, Aaron, your predictions are in with 10-7 and seven Broncos, 10-7 and seven Chargers, 10-7 yep. and seven Raiders. You lock that in. Who's the most likely team to miss the playoffs out of those three teams? <laughs> um, I can't tell you. You'll have to stay tuned for our September show. I can't tell you that. That's my sep- that's our September show. When we break down the season preview and pick our Super Bowl. Are you teasing? Teams, Are I you teasing? teasing. Tune in September 
Oh, it's either sixth, seventh, or eighth. One, sixth or seventh. Tune in. I will tell you which of these teams in the AFC West will be on the outside looking in. Tune in. AJ, come up clutch. I here. will tell you my prediction. No, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, I'm also staying pat at eleven and six. Um, I'm basically on board with Aaron. We have a couple of shuffles where our wins and losses come on the back half and as well as the front half. But uh, let me keep that 11 and six. And uh, I think that's a very fair number because I also believe that they're going to be very good this season. So uh, 11 and six to me is actually safe. And I went unsafe and I went 12 and five for the Los Angeles chargers here. And now I just want to like, I just want to look back over. I, I, I wrote down my wins and losses before when we did this in the off season. And I just want to look at this again and think split against the all division teams, win against Jacksonville, win against Houston, win, win against Cleveland, win against Seattle, win against Atlanta. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh, man. Atlanta's going 16 and 17 and 0, bro. What's talking that's about? true. That's true. Atlanta is going 17 though. I, I, I'm sorry to disrespect the great Marcus Mariota. Uh, so one, <laughs> one loss. Let's go two loss, three, four. Yeah, I'll I'll lock in twelve and six. I'll lock in twelve and six for the loss. Well, twelve and six. You got to play an extra game. We count preseason five. Math, math is very <laughs> hard. I'm actually predicting <laughs> their. I'm I'm actually predicting their one playoff loss when they make the playoffs and they lose in the first round. That's <laughs> that's what I'm predicting there. Um, but twelve yeah. and five will be my locked and loaded prediction for the Los Angeles Chargers. Aaron, where do they rank in our power rankings? Yeah, so we talked about the kind of jumbled mess in the AFC West, and it continues when we look at our power rankings. We put them at number 11, consensus rankings, all of our rankings kind of measured out. We did some calculations, arithmetic, and math, and it came out there was no as math. Los Angeles Chargers at number 11. So we have Chargers <laughs> at 11, Raiders at 12. Those are the two teams we discussed today, and then right behind them is their division foe and the Denver Broncos at 13. It makes for an interesting look into our top 10, as I think we've only had one team so far, or two teams in the top 10. So Two teams in the top uh, 10. We've added the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were at three, and the Dallas Cowboys were at eight. Next week, we cover the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals, so tune into that episode live on Monday, Tuesday at 10 a.m. Monday. Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time right here on youtube make sure you hit that subscribe button let us know what you think of the show in the comments let us know what you think of our predictions and all of our good conversation that we had this morning let's uh you know i want to do this i'm gonna do this little special special note here i want to hear aj's beautiful voice again and i really want to hear aaron's beautiful voice again. <laughs> without further ado aj tell the beautiful people at home where they can follow I would like to know where you're going to follow us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it off the screen, just like the rest of them, at That City Pod. And at those wonderful places like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, as Mr. Kenny's baby hands ticket allows you to see. Remember, when you get to That City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, hit those likes, hit those shares, hit those subscribes, hit those follows, and tell somebody about it. And then if you're on the go and you can't, like, watch us on YouTube, we forgive you. Head over to any audio platform you want and listen to us there. Never miss that city pod on any of your social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. I'll let your boy. Hashtag GMSC. <laughs> and our official NFL player, Kenny Pickett, who sponsors the show. Baby hands Pickett. So excited to watch him play uh, this week. 
but also Manscaped is brought to you. Our show, Sack City, is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for those family jewels. So join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping. And if my math is correct, uh, that's 12 million balls, Vinny. So many balls. There's so many balls, balls. man. And what it is, it's it's a performance package 4.0, and it's arrived, and it's a game changer. You get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You get the hair, uh, the weed whacker ear and nose trimmer. Crop preserver ball deodorant. Vinny told you about those earlier. Makes his balls smell good. The reviver toner, if you want to shine them up real good. And then you get the boxer briefs to put on right after. And you get to carry it all in your travel bag to hold all of your goodies. So be sure to head to manscaped.com, get 20% off free shipping with the code SACCITY. Unlock your confidence. And as always, use the right tools for those jewels for the job with Manscaped. Beautiful. Couldn't have said it better myself. On that note, we'll be back again live Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube for my best friend Aaron Mukes and for your boy A.J. Johnson. I am me. We will see you Monday. Peace out, Craig. Holla. Hallelujah. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>